piece of shit. <laughs> you want to do that now? Nice. Uh, cool. I want to hang on. i got to find some bits and pieces. Joys have been all over the place this morning. Should we miss whiteboards or is it fine? I love that thought about a, uh, an investment. Miss, miss whiteboard. An investment that stands the test of time. And um, a few things that I can think of around that that, that interest me. Uh, Beck said this morning, she began by saying that it wouldn't be Christmas if we didn't sing Christmas carols. And, and as the music team, our favourite part of the year is always pulling out the Christmas carols again because I don't know what happens. Is this working? Is this, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I, I, I don't know what happened, but somewhere between, I don't know, like the 1800s and today, people went, you know what, it's actually too hard to play 20 chords for every word of a song. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> And so we bring these songs out knowing that our fingers are going to try and do things that they've never done before. Our voices are going to try and go to levels that they've never gone before. But we do it because we know that we, it wouldn't be Christmas without these songs. And each of you will have things in your life that it just wouldn't be Christmas if it wasn't for these things. One of mine is Cliff Richard's Christmas CD. I don't even like it. Like, it's awful. It's not my, if you like it, I'm sorry, but it's not my cup of tea. But until that album has played, until I've heard uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and the other one that he does about roasting chestnuts and, you know, I can't even remember it now. I haven't heard it yet. So, um, uh, Christmas time, that one, you know, the, that, oh, and it gets in there and it just stays in there. And I don't like it, but it's not Christmas until I've heard it. Maybe for you, it's not Christmas until Uncle Jack's had one too many wines and he started talking about, you know, whatever it is that he talks about at Christmas Day and it drives everybody nuts. But it wouldn't be Christmas without it, eh? And we've all got things. It might be the roast. It might be the, uh, the, the traditions. And one of the things that I have found is that we have traditions that have been handed down to us that we go out of our way to recreate sometimes without even knowing why. There's certain things that we do in family simply because our family's always done them. They're not my traditions. Again, it's not my CD, but it has to play. Why? Because it reminds me of when I was a child. And so a lot of what we do at Christmas is try to recreate the nostalgia of Christmas, don't we? We try to recreate uh, the feelings that we have. We try to recreate the magic of when, when we were kids. Some of you are here today at church, and it's like the one day of the year you come. I'm not judging you for that. I just, let's all call it what it is. And the reason you come is because you go, actually, I can't think of anything more boring than church, but my grandma used to drag me every Christmas day, and it doesn't feel like Christmas if I don't go. I'm happy to make Christmas for you. That's <laughs> uh, and so there's all these different things. And I want to talk to you uh, from the thought this morning, Christmas remastered. Because it interests me that church, church has changed a lot in the last 50, 100, 2,000 years. You read some of the things they did in the book of Acts and go, yeah, it's a bit different. Christmas, uh, church has changed a lot, and yet Christmas has stayed very much the same. We sing the same songs. We do many of the same things in church. Why is this, has this particular tradition of, of the songs we sing not modernized? Why, you know, we've added new instruments, but it's all the same. Why has this test stood the test of time, or this tradition stood the test of time, I should say? And if you what a look. One of the things I love doing every year at Christmas is looking at the top, top Christmas presents for the years before. 
And in the last 10 years, they've all gone really electronic. Like something happened in about 2007 and then we've got like Furbies and robots and like horrible things to give your children. It's like because they make noise. It's <laughs> they're the gifts that grandparents buy for the kids. So, uh, but I was looking through and then in the midst of this, two years ago, 2016, the top present was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, which came out in like the 80s. And this was the top gift in 2016. What they'd done was Nintendo had remade, re-released, remastered, and put this thing out with all the original games on it again. And people flocked from all over the states and all over the world to get their hands on one of these things. Now, the graphics on them are terrible. Shocking. You know, I, remember, I remember having the first ever console that we had, and there was a, you know, it, was a, it had a Formula One racing game, and I remember the review. They were like, this is as real as it's ever going to get. It's like you're in the car. I played that game not so long ago. The wheels are hexagons. I go, how is this ever like being in the car? <laughs> but so people went to buy this, and I, I found myself wondering, what was it about that gift that despite the fact that it was many years old, people went, if that's available again, I want it. If that's available, I still want it. Something about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System or the SNES has stood the test of time. This year, two of the biggest, I'm just, I'm appealing to my younger audience here a little bit with some of these titles. So this year, some of the biggest games that have been released are not brand new games, they're remakes of old titles. How many Crash Bandicoot fans? Have I got any Crash Bandicoot fans up in here this morning? Just uh, like, like, yeah, big hand right up the back. And so, we, you know, that came out and we bought it. This morning, Emma, Emma was always a big Spyro the Dragon fan, and so I surprised Emma for Christmas with Spyro the Dragon, and conveniently, she'll need someone to play that with, so that's... <sighs> Good thing Taya's there. <laughs> Mike's on. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave the heckler a microphone? Who give the heckler a microphone? <laughs> Sam, I've never seen you so red before. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yes, Taya will also thoroughly enjoy it. But so some of the biggest selling games this year aren't actually the new ones. They're the remastered versions of the old ones. And I go, what's up with that? Because it's not even the, the it, but there's something about the nostalgia that you remember the first time you played that game. Or you remember when you played that game that, you know, things used to be simpler before bills, before it was my job to make the Christmas lunch, before all of those things. Things used to be simpler. And so there's something nostalgic about these things. And then we bring that into Christmas and we spend all this time trying to recreate the nostalgia of Christmas, the traditions that we're used to. The question I want to ask is when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to Christmas, is did Jesus stand the test of time? Is Jesus one of those timeless gifts, or is it outdated? See, because you would listen to people, there would be people in the world that would try to tell you that Christianity is, 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 is old, and that Jesus is out of, you know, he's out of touch, and all these sorts of things. And in, in life, there are things that you buy that they're, they're cool for a while, and then they're not cool. And then sometimes they come back into cool again, and that's called retro. Like, Teenagers will buy filters for their cameras to make them look like the terrible cameras that you had to put up with. <laughs> and you go, why? 
But again, it's about the nostalgia. But anyway, my point is this. There are some things that are trends, and they're here for a while, and they're gone tomorrow. And there's other things that say Crash Bandicoot will always be cool. Super Super Nintendo Entertainment System will always be cool. And so my question is, is Jesus one of those trends that comes and goes? Or is he here to stay? I'd like to submit that he's here to stay. I want to base that around one verse this morning, one passage of Scripture. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6 through to verse 7. It says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, And it says the government will be upon his shoulders. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Some translations say of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make sure that this happens. The Lord God himself will accomplish this. And so the book of Isaiah, and you've got to remember, this was many, many years before Jesus had been born, said, there's one coming, and he's going to be forever. He's not a trend. He's He's not in season for a while, and then we'll move on to the next thing. His government, his rule, his name is everlasting. And it will be forevermore. So here's why I find that amazing. We live in, in, a, in a consumer-like world where we move from one thing to the next very quickly, eh? I found as a kid, I was always getting the latest trendy thing, just like I, I remember when they had those like Tamagotchi doodahs, you know, and I got mine finally after like pestering my parents for ages. Took it to school and no one was playing with them anymore. Yeah. I always catch the trend like just a little bit too late. Skinny jeans I caught a little bit too late, and then everyone moved on, and so I'm back to stretch ones now. You know, Anyone here a little bit behind on the trends? Anyone? I'll tell you what, you don't have to put your own hand up. Dodge up do, dob someone in next to you. Anyone next to you, just t- take a quick look at them. Anyone next to you this morning a little bit behind on any trends? Just <laughs> Goodness me. I'll get one for Christmas. I can't wait. It's so good. <laughs> Got to be careful what you joke from from the front because it'll be the end of me. So um, we move on from things, even things that are cool, even things that we desperately want to stay cool, get left behind. Jesus had, had even more working against him. It says in, 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 in Luke, and you go and read that story, when Jesus was born... Three wise men went to see Herod and said, we're here to see Jesus. And Herod was like, where is he? Because he wanted to kill him. So Jesus has been a thing for like approximately 10 minutes and already someone wants to take him out. Someone wants to take him out. Someone wants to move on to the next thing. Why? Because he wants to be greater. He wants to be bigger. Not only that, Jesus grew up in a world where he managed to offend the religious leaders, of the, uh, the Jewish religious leaders, the Romans, because they thought he was going to start a riot. Now, you've got to understand, the Romans and the Jews agreed on absolutely nothing. They didn't agree on anything. Jesus was like the uniting thing because both of them hated Jesus. 
And so they're like, well, if we could deal with this. So it's hard enough in the world we live in to start a trend, to get something to be popular, even when the whole world's on board with it. And yet here's Jesus born into a situation where a significant portion of the world is against him. He's not even in a big city in America or some, you know, LA where everything's on television. He's in the Middle East. He's in this little town in the middle of the world that most of us haven't even been to. Most of us don't even have a desire to go there. And this is where God says, I'm going to do something here that's going to go around the world. Let me put it to you this way. How powerful must our God be that against all the odds, Jesus coming into the world, when all the Romans wanted to put a stop to him, when all the religious authorities wanted to put a stop to his message, when they were killing Christians, persecuting Christians, all these sorts of things, and yet that message made it all the way here to Aotearoa, New Zealand. Thank you for that overwhelming response this, this morning. You know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard enough to get something approved at work when it's a good idea. And yet God has this idea. And I, lo- I love the analogy of presenting that idea to a bunch of people and going, this is going to stand the test of time. Not only that, this is going to overcome all the things, you know, all the negative things that people will try to say against me, all the, th- all the people that are anti what I'm doing, but of the increase of my government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus is more than just a fad. And that's what I want you to understand this morning as we celebrate Christmas. And today, as you understand Christmas, we're celebrating Christmas because 2,000 years ago, in fact, even longer before that, because First Peter says at the beginning of the world, God had an idea. God made an investment in you and me. That blows my mind, that God would make an investment in me and in you. Because here's the thing, we spend a lot of time at Christmas trying to recreate the nostalgia. We don't actually want something new at Christmas. We want to do the thing that we always did. We just want to get back to how it was. You know, remember when we sat around the table and this, you know, last year and and we told jokes and we had good times and we spend a lot of time trying to recreate something, not create something new, but recreate something we already had. And that's what God did with us through Jesus. God didn't send Jesus into the world to do something new. God sent Jesus into the world because he wanted what he'd had at the beginning. In the book of Genesis, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. There was no separation between God and people. And here's the thing. We didn't just enjoy that. God enjoyed that. If you take nothing else from this this morning, can I tell you? God likes you. What a revelation. What a revelation. God likes you. And he likes to spend time with you. And all he's ever wanted is to spend that time with you and I again. To have that time again. To recreate that nostalgia, that tradition, that very first thing. And so he sent his son Jesus to make that way possible. Good preaching, amen. So that you could have that again so that you could have relationship with him again. That's what we celebrate today. See, in the same way that we like to, to, uh, to play these remastered versions of games, you know, like let's, let's do them back up and re-release them just with better graphics. God is the one who remasters us. God is the one that takes our lives as they are 
and removes the glitches and improves the graphics. God's not the one that makes every problem just go away, but he's the one that walks with you through every problem. Why? Because he wants to be with you. And so I want to encourage you this morning, I want to leave you with this thought. As we go about our traditions today, and we could pass a microphone around and everyone would have different traditions. We used to have a big water fight. God's joined in this morning. (laughs) He wins. (laughs) He always wins. (laughs) So whatever your traditions are, whatever traditions you're trying to recreate, that feeling, you know, we all have this desire. I remember as I got older that I sort of went, Christmas doesn't feel like it used to. And we go after that again and again and again. And so as you are trying to make Christmas feel like it used to, I want you to remember that today, God, Jesus Christ himself, is trying to make your relationship like it used to be. Because that's what he wants this Christmas more than anything else. And the greatest gift that he has ever given us was himself. And the greatest gift you could ever give to Jesus on his birthday would be your life. Let's pray. God, we are blown away that you would come for us. That you would entrust your son in the most vulnerable form of a baby to the most untrustworthy group of fleshy people in the world. Lord, that your desire for us is to be with you, no matter the cost. And God, we know that you paid a great price, a great cost for that relationship. And so today, Lord, we pray that as we go about our our business and about our traditions, we would remember that we are here because your message endures forever. We are here because something happened 2,000 years ago that against all the odds and against all of the, uh, the opposition has stood the test of time. Jesus, we declare this morning that we believe you are still relevant that you are still working, that you are still loving, that you are still good, and Lord, that your way is still the best way. And Lord, we pray that today we would choose to live in your way, and Lord, that you would use our lives to tell your story. Lord, that we would be like those shepherds that John was talking about today that have a wide reach. Lord, that we would all be part of the shepherds' union to go out into the world and to share the love and the hope that we have in you, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to finish with just one more item for you. You can take that, Eddie. That would be great.